0: OPEC Plus increases output faster than expected. Private payrolls increased by just 128000 in May. Microsoft lowers their Q4 guidance. We go for the biggest analyst calls of the day, as well as the latest Federal Reserve commentary. And the Lululemon beats expectations and raises guidance. This is the Running With The Money briefing. Let's get into it. It's not a question of enough, pal. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins, somebody loses. I have been a rich man, and I have been a poor man, and I chose rich every time. Money never sleeps, pal. Just made 800000 Hong on Congo. There are three ways to make a living in this business. First, be smarter or cheaper. What is up and welcome to another episode of The Running With The Money Briefing, powered by Punning the Table. I'm your host, Luke Denae, and my, oh my, the market's absolutely Roaring to the upside today, NASDAQ 100 finishing the session up 344 points, S&P 500 up 75 points, and the Dow Jones up 435 points. What a day in the markets. Meanwhile, the CBOE VIX coming down 3.7%, Bitcoin up 0.7% or 201 points, now over 30,500 once again. So, a pretty darn successful day in the markets, at least if you're a bull. Now, looking at... The market, sector by sector, there was only one sector in the red today. Everything else moving to the upside, that sector being, you could have guessed it if you saw the biggest headline of the day, energy down 0.3%. Now, getting into the headlines of the day, the headlines moving the markets, of course, we have OPEC Plus raising output much faster than anticipated. Now, OPEC and, of course, its oil-producing allies have agreed today to hike output in both July and August by a larger-than-expected amount. Now, that amount is 648,000 barrels per day in both July and August, at least that's the increase on top of what they're already doing. Now, it is important to note that the group has been slowly, and when I say slowly, I truly do mean slowly, returning to that nearly 10 million barrels per day that it agreed to pull back from in April of 2020 due to the pandemic, of course. Now, you take a look, and in recent months or past months, OPEC Plus has been increasing their output by roughly 400,000 to 432,000 barrels per day each month but this time they took that level to of course another level which came in at 648,000 barrels so not necessarily great for the oil bulls but definitely if you're looking for those oil prices to come down a bit well it is a net positive now if you take a look At the reaction to this news, of course, the Biden administration has been working on getting those energy. Prices down. And White House press secretary Karine Jean Pierre actually went on to say, quote, we recognize the role of Saudi Arabia as the chair of OPEC Plus and its largest producer in achieving this consensus amongst the group members. The United States will continue to use all tools at its disposal to address energy price pressure. So the White House appreciating what OPEC Plus. Has done here. Now, it is important to note this all comes on the back of the EU and EU leaders agreeing on Monday to ban 90% of Russian crude by the end of the year as part of the bloc's six sanctions package on Russia, of course, and this is all related to the invasion of Ukraine. Now, moving away from the energy market, we have to shift into the labor market, where private payrolls increased by just 128,000, representing decelerating job creation, or at least the rate of job creation is definitely at its slowest pace since the pandemic era recovery started. And this is for the month of May here, private sector employment rising by only 128,000 in the month of May. Now that also fell well short of the estimate of 299,000 out of Dow Jones. It's also important to note that this represents a decline from the already downwardly revised 202,000 in April. So this is not a good number when it comes to private payrolls for the month of May. Now we also need to talk about the fact that this is the worst drop off since the layoffs in April of 2020. And by ADP's count, according also the CNBC, payrolls had actually been increasing by nearly 500,000 per month over the last year. So this number coming in at a grand total of 128,000 is definitely not a positive. Now key issues were actually highlighted in this report, and it all comes down to small businesses, which actually have a lot of correlation with the everyday consumer. Small businesses taking the biggest hit during the month of May as companies with less than 50 workers reduced their payrolls by 91,000. And if you really get into this data here, you'll see that businesses with fewer than 20 employees accounted for 78000 Of those layoffs. People, this is not good. The heart of the American economy, small businesses, well, the layoffs are hitting hard. And this is not something that at least bulls on the American economy want to see. So this is something to pay attention to here. The labor market, at least some of the foundation of the labor market, is starting to weaken. Now, in other labor market data, we saw initial jobless claims, which are also reported this morning. For the week ending May 28th, they totaled 200,000. That represents a decline of 11,000 from the previous week. And it is well below the estimate of 210,000 continuing claims falling to 1.31 million, which is the lowest total since December 27th of 1969. So, We're getting a lot of data here showing that the labor market is starting to weaken in some key areas, and that should be a main worry, at least for those monitoring the macro. Now, shifting away from the labor market, we have to talk about probably one of the biggest pre-market headlines today, and it was Microsoft lowering their Q for guidance. Yes, you heard that right. One of the biggest and baddest companies on planet Earth lowered Q for guidance, and this comes on the back of a lot of companies throughout this latest earnings season warning of maybe decelerating numbers ahead. So Microsoft is saying that they now expect to report between $51.94 billion and $52.74 billion in revenue for the fiscal fourth quarter. Now, the previous forecast for Q4 was a revenue range of $52.4 billion to $53.2 billion. So a actually sizable decline in revenue expectation for the fourth quarter out of one of the best companies or at least one of the best regarded companies on planet earth. Now we're not done there. Microsoft also slightly cutting their earnings forecast for Q4 as well to a range of $2.24 per share to $2.32 per share. The previous range was $2.28 per share to $2.35 per share. So, this is something to note. Microsoft are lowering their Q4 guidance both on the revenue and EPS front. This is not a net positive, especially for the growth sectors throughout the market. Now, we also have to talk about how this compares to Wall Street expectations. Wall Street is expecting, according to CNBC, Q4 revenue of $52.87 billion and an EPS of $2.33. And that is according to, of course, analysts polled by Refinitiv. So, So, So overall these numbers that are now expected by Microsoft Management for the fourth quarter are not. Positive whatsoever. Microsoft Finance Chief Amy Hood had actually suggested in April that exchange rates could impact guidance. She went on to say, "Quote: We expect other income and expense to be negative $50 million, reflecting FX re-measurement impact based on market conditions in April. Similar to the rest of our guidance, further equity and FX movements." through q4 are not reflected in this number so they did somewhat warn that guidance could be negatively affected in the upcoming weeks and months but this definitely is not a net positive for the market one of the best companies that at least one of the most highly coveted companies in the market one of the famang stocks they'd like to throw it in the acronym well lowering guidance for q4 now shifting away from microsoft we have to talk about the biggest analyst calls of the day and of course we had da davidson initiating Rivian as underperform the firm went on to say quote like most ev startups there have been bumps in the road while we loved the truck we tested we worried that negative headlines will outnumber the positives in the months to come da davidson initiating Rivian. As underperform. We also had Goldman Sachs reiterating Tesla as a buy the day. Speaking of electric vehicle companies, the firm went on to say, quote, we believe Tesla's platform approach could allow it to offer different vehicle models in the long term, especially as it adds more capacity. Goldman Sachs liking the future for Tesla, reiterating it as a buy. Piper Sandler downgraded Pinterest and snapped to neutral from overweight today as well. The firm went on to say, quote, after a strong two-year stretch, digital ad spend, looks to be normalizing. Group multiples have declined and we are 40% off recent highs, but history suggests multiples may not re-rate until after ad spend growth bottoms. Piper Sandler downgrading Pinterest in Snap. Shifting into a call at Wells Fargo naming Home Depot a best idea, Wells Fargo went on to say, quote, adding it all up, it does appear that homeowners are becoming somewhat more cautious. However, given little antidotal evidence of a slowdown coming from the two largest home improvement players, we're inclined to believe that home improvement spend should remain relatively healthy. Wells Fargo naming Home Depot a best idea. And then we had three more big time calls today. UBS naming Generac a top pick. The firm went on to say, quote, we see the current valuation as providing an attractive for the one upside to downside opportunity with the current share price offering an attractive entry point into a likely long-term smart home energy winner. And once again, that is UBS naming Generac a top Bear today also reiterating Boeing as outperformed, the firm went on to say, quote, with a reset in the Boeing stock and 23% of its current market cap and free cash flow through 2024, we believe the risk to reward profile for the Boeing stock looks compelling for long term investors. Baird liking Boeing long-term, reiterating it as outperform. And then finally, Barclay is downgrading Twilio to equal weight from overweight. The firm went on to say, quote, we're looking for more evidence of growth in Twilio's segment plus engage opportunity before becoming involved in the name. And we're cautious on messaging volumes into a tougher macro environment. Barclay is downgrading Twilio to equal weight from overweight. Now, shifting away from the biggest analyst calls of the day, we had a few Federal Reserve members come out and talk about the future actions of the Federal Reserve. We heard from Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland President Loretta Mester today, and she went on to say that she favors interest rates or increasing interest rates by 50 basis points this month and next month, but also cautioned that the pace of those rate hikes could speed up or slow down from September on, dependent on what inflation does. She said, quote, if by the September FOMC meeting, the monthly readings on inflation provide compelling evidence that inflation is moving down, then the pace of rate increases could slow. But if inflation has failed to moderate, then a faster pace of rate increases could be necessary. She went on to describe what, quote, compelling evidence is defined as when it comes to inflation. She said, quote, I will need to see several months of sustained downwardly monthly readings of inflation. I have not seen that yet. So in her opinion, inflation has not yet peaked. It has not come down substantially yet. And therefore, they're going to press forward with rate hikes. Now, simultaneously, we heard, from the Federal Reserve Vice Chair, Lael Bernard, and she said that expectations for a half percentage point increase in interest rates for this month and next were, quote, reasonable, and that she saw no case for the Federal Reserve to pause tightening in the future. She went on to say, quote, From where I sit today, market pricing for 50 basis points, potentially in June and July, from the data we have in hand today, seems like a reasonable path, Right now, it's very hard to see the case. For a pause, we've still got a lot of work to do to get inflation down to our 2% target. She went on to talk about the future of what the fed will do after september she said quote if we don't see the kind of deceleration in monthly inflation prints if we don't see some of that really hot demand starting to cool a bit then it might well be appropriate to have another meeting where we proceed at the same pace if we are seeing a deceleration in the monthly prints it might make sense to be proceeding at a slightly slower pace and she rounded out her comments by saying it's too soon to say if inflation has peaked she went on to say quote i am going to be looking to see a consistent string of decelerating monthly prints on core inflation before i'm going to feel more confident we're certainly going to do what is necessary to bring inflation back down that is our number one challenge so Fed members continue to sound quite hawkish, and the bulls, well, maybe shaking in their boots after those comments. Now, shifting away from the Federal Reserve, Lululemon beating expectations and raising guidance. Shifting into the quarterly report, earnings per share out of Lululemon for the first quarter coming in at $1.48 compared to the $1.43 that was expected. Also, net income coming in at $190 million for the first quarter. And that is compared to a net income of $145 million and an EPS of $1.11 just a year ago. So also some pretty darn solid year over year improvement there on EPS and net income. Also, important to note revenue coming in at $1.61 billion compared to $1.53 billion that was expected. Revenue growing by 32% year over year. And same store sales, which tracks revenue online and in Lululemon stores open for at least 12 months. Well, that increased by 28% year over year. And analysts were expecting growth of 20.4%. So Lululemon beating across the board on earnings per share and revenue. So, some very solid numbers there for that quarter, which is fiscal quarter Q1. Now, it's also important to note that guidance was indeed increased by Lululemon management. Lululemon now sees sales for the fiscal year of 2022 in a range of $7.61 billion to $7.71 billion, which is higher than the previous forecast of $7.49 billion to $7.62 billion. So an improvement there when it comes to revenue expectations for full year 2022. It's also important to note that analysts were expecting guidance for revenue for the full year of $7.54 billion, so that metric was also beat. Now, it's also important to note that Lululemon expects to earn on an adjusted basis an EPS of $9.35 to $9.50 per share which is above the prior range of $9.15 to $9.35. It's also important to note that was above analyst expectations of $9.28. And then, of course, rounding out guidance, the second quarter, Lululemon expecting revenue of $1.75 to $1.78 billion. That topped expectations of $1.71 billion. And an EPS is expected for the upcoming quarter within a range of $1.82 to $1.87 which was also ahead of analyst expectations of $1. seventy-seven. So overall, Lululemon beating across the board, probably one of the best reports we have seen throughout this earnings season. But that is the show. I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the Running With the Money briefing powered by Pound on the Table. By the way, go get my boys over at Pound on the Table a listen and follow anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please go and give me and my team a listen and follow at Running With the Money on Instagram, Facebook, at Luke Donay on Twitter, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Easily profit trade on, and I will see you tomorrow.